I want to thank my sponsor today. They really make the show happen, man. I, I just couldn't do it without them. You know, Solar Labs and Scope, you've heard me talk about it a ton of times because I've used them so many times. The beauty is, you know, you have a product, you want to put the right keywords because it's all about keywords, right? When you, you know that the keyword is what people are searching for, right? When you're thinking of buying barbecue gloves, what do you put in there? That's what you want to figure out. What are people searching for? Well, Scope allows you to do that because you get to see the number one, number two, number three seller in that category, in that group that are similar products. You get to see what their words are. Well, that's the key. There's no reinventing the wheel here. You're going to take advantage of this information that's available that Scope presents for you. The tool is very inexpensive. They're going to give you a couple free keywords. you got to give it a shot. Sellerlabs.com, sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code MOMENTUM to save 50 bucks. Save 50 bucks. Give it a shot. Give it a trial. Get some free keywords and see what you can do. Remember, I also use it on my wholesale accounts or if you do bundles, even better because you could take the keywords for each of those products in the bundle, figure out the best and put it together. Sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum. I want to say thank you to Karen Locker from Solutions for E-Commerce for being a great account manager. Yes, you've heard me say it a bunch of times, but I mean it because RQ4 was spectacular because of all the variations for a particular line we had that Karen entered. Um, 78 of them, I believe, and now I'm adding a bunch more because we're not done. I mean, it's time of year. It's going to sell right into January, February, and March. So she's getting ready to add a bunch more. That's the power of having that team member that team that works overnight, quite frankly, they work different hours than I do. Send a file. She sends me a file. She's like, Steve, fill in these particular fields, shoot it back to me, and boom, they get it done, and they get it done fast. And it just has allowed us to grow. It's that silent team member. They don't call off sick. They just handle things. Solutions, the number four, e-commerce.com slash momentum is going to save you 50 bucks, and she's going to do that all-important inventory health report. She only does that for my listeners, only through this deal. You're going to save 50 bucks, and you're going to get that inventory health report solutions for ecommerce.com slash momentum get ready for the new year now is the time very excited i've got Anna hill coming up pretty soon and she's going to talk to you why it's so important to get ready for uh 2018 hey gay lisby's group um it was awesome this quarter i mean i can't believe the stuff that was posted in there i saw so many people have so much success and credit her group with having incredible success yes it's still closed however they're letting you get in through my link, only my link. And so I have a link out on this episode that'll allow you to click through and get on the waiting list. And guess what? You'll get right in. So it's a special list. Um, the other thing which is cool is there's so many people learning uh, because Gay's a teacher, was a teacher, still a teacher in this world now. And we're very lucky to have her. And so Gay Lisby's group, it's an awesome, awesome group. Send her a note that I sent you. And you're going to get in. And it's just going to set you up for real success for 2018. I don't want to miss GoDaddy because they have been so good to me. I, I'm just so excited that they're a sponsor of the show because I bought so many domains through them. And it's so cool. So if you go to trygodaddy.com forward slash momentum, you're going to save 30% off your purchase at GoDaddy. I'm, again, I want to go back and do my purchases over because I'd like to save the 30%. Hello. But I am getting ready to buy a couple more domains again. When I see a big idea or if I'm bringing a brand to market, I'm buying that domain. You'd be a fool not to. And so try godaddy.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. 
awesome. And finally today, Grasshopper. Grasshopper is the app you put on your phone so you can run your business from your current cell phone. Don't add a second cell phone. A peer larger one is put a local vanity number if you want or a local 800 number to make you appear a little larger than what you are. Have the phone forwarded to your current cell phone. Have it forwarded to voicemail. Have it forwarded to your uh, reps working in other countries for you, your VAs. You have all those options. And it's just trygrasshopper.com forward slash momentum. And you're going to save 50 bucks. Trygrasshopper.com slash momentum. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 262, Will Seipel. Now, maybe if you've been a seller for a while, you might know that name, but you certainly have heard the name WorthPoint. Will owns a company, WorthPoint, started the company WorthPoint to scratch an itch. And it's such a common thing for successful people. They had a problem. Nobody else was solving it, so they decided to take the bull by the horns, put in the energy and effort and become an overnight success 10 years later, right? And it's been a, a labor of love and we spend a lot of time talking about it, but it's fascinating. His stories um, fascinate me because Will's a seller. He's been a seller, still sells and set up another business, which we also get into. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Uh, very excited about today's guest. Uh, I did have some technical difficulties, so I'm redoing it and he is so patient. Um, however, we do need to qualify because this gentleman has more knowledge about what we sell than probably anybody. Well, I, for sure, anybody. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no one that has as much access as Will Seipel of WorthPoint has. Welcome, Will. Thank you, Stephen. Well, I appreciate your patience and uh, um, understanding when it comes to this. Um, we're old dudes, and this technical stuff is tough for us old dudes. I mean, this is the way it goes. So WorthPoint is Will's company, um, and uh it's a, an amazing company that has a few records on file. Um, you track pricing and history and for 10 years now. And I'm thinking, you know, he's probably doing a couple thousand a year, right? You know, think 10 years, a couple thousand times 10. I can do that math. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, you know, 100,000. I mean, could he have 100,000? You know, maybe, maybe 150,000. How many records are you up to roughly? Uh, roughly a half a billion. So, so my were, math is wrong. Yeah, we've been running a little faster. <laughs> we're running a little. And, and I'm assuming it's a hockey stick, right? I mean, it really is at this point. It is. You know, and, and we're, when we started, you know, who was going to give us data? And now almost everybody gives us data. Well, I'm fascinated to know why people give you data. I want to get to that. But first, but first, I want to go back to Little Will. Uh, Little Will was a guy growing up in Virginia, Correct. Correct. Okay, and Little Will was going to be a rocket scientist, dentist, lawyer. What was the big plan? Dick Butkus. I wanted to play football. <laughs> Dude, have you heard the story about people who play in football? I mean, come on. Have you heard? Hey, I guess the good news is if you did play football, you can get out of jail free. I mean, no matter what, just, you know, you got hit in the head too many times. No matter what you did, you're not responsible, right? No, and... and uh... You and I were joking about I never had to go to high school. You know, I missed half over half my senior year. You know, we got away with anything. 
It, it really was a different time. Now today, you know, uh, it's much more corporate. Even even high school football has become corporatized, hasn't it? It, it has. I, I don't think it's as fun. And, you know, showing one of my kids today how much more fun football was. We were looking at the Colts-Giants championship game in the 50s, you know, and just, you know, smoke coming out of everybody's mouth because it's so cold and you got the grass stuck in your helmet and stuff. It's just a different world. It was real grass too, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man, we're living That's in space stuff. age. We're yeah. living in space age times, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're the Jetsons. <laughs> it was different, you know, and you know, we set up our own football field. We had our own regulation football field. That's incredible to think about. That, that takes a lot of initiative. I'm thinking about that. We, we, as I mentioned, this is kind of a redo, um, so I know a little bit of information. Um, that takes a lot of initiative. Where do you find teenage boys with initiative to put up a football field? <laughs> we had it limed. We had regulation goalposts, regulation height. You know, we, we went out and cut down pine trees and made goalposts. That's cool. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's cool. When you think about that, do you have pictures of that? No, I wish I do. I can remember it vividly in my mind. And, you know, we listened to Sonny Jurgensen. We'd put, bring the Redskins game down there with speaker wire and just put it out there. And, and you know, it was great. 11-11, tackle, kill, you know. <laughs> Did you know, little little known fact, maybe people, the Redskins uh, spring training camp was held in my town for many, many years. Not anymore, but it used to be up here in Pennsylvania. Many, yeah, many years. Yeah, college, Carlisle College, wasn't it? Or something? Uh, Dickinson College. Dickinson, uh, Dickinson. Yeah, that's where my wife works, yep. and uh, that's uh, right downtown. Yeah. So anyway, uh, little little known fact. Okay, so football was it. You're going all in. You're practicing every day. You're every night, every weekend, whatever it takes, because you're going to be successful. And how did that work for you, Will? Well, it worked great till my senior year in high school, and I was actually had my act together trying to – get an A in English so I could graduate, and a drunk driver hit me with a dump truck at 8 o'clock in the morning on my way to school, and he cracked my neck and put my knee through the dashboard, and that was the end of football. A lot of head injuries from, you know, not hitting people, but getting hit by a dump truck, and, you know, so life had to change. And that was everything. I mean, you had no B plan. That was it. You were going to be football. That was what you lived, breathed. You were, that was it. That's that was it. Vince Lombardi said, "Once you walk over that white line, you think, drink, and eat football." Hmm. Okay, so that didn't work out so well. So uh, we had to go to a plan. A new, we had to find a plan B. We had to create a plan B. And going home wasn't an option. Is that correct? That's correct. My dad was a disabled vet, so our house was kind of a wreck. And um, I dropped out of Tulane and did a lot of odd jobs, including learning to buy and sell antiques. Uh, worked with customs as a customs broker, uh, but just kind of scavenged and said, what are you going to do next? What's your, what, what, what is your next plan? And one of mine was growing up, um, you know, going from 97 full absences in one year, uh, which is over <laughs> half the school year. Harris Bueller, you know, I shamed him. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's called get your shit together and grow up, kid. And, um, you know, I reapplied to college and went to George Mason. Do you think, do you think, I mean, you know, and I know the answer, so, I mean, I'm leading you there, but thinking back, there was no way you were going to, other than football, you would have had the success that you had. Is there, I mean, do you think even in football you would have been successful? Looking back, being honest. No, um, 
I mean, first, the odds are terribly against you on injuries, and, and it takes luck, some luck. Um, second, I mean, I was big and I could hit, but I wasn't very, you know, extremely fast. And so, you know, that would always be against you. I mean— That hurts to admit, doesn't it? Because most people rewrite history and like, oh, man, I would have had yeah. my shot. I would have been, you know, I mean, and, uh, I Montana mean, was copying my notes off the side of the, you know, I mean, that's what happened, right? But, you know, it's funny that some person that knows more than me about venture money um, said the odds of dreaming to be an NBA star and growing up to be one are greater than being a tech company that succeeds. All right. Actually, they're less. There's less chance of being a successful tech executive than dreaming you're going to be an NBA star. Wow. So I'm, I'm glad some, nobody told me that. <laughs> the guy's a... Um, professor of the entrepreneur center at George Mason. So I figure he knows what he's talking about, but, um, you know, I, I look at the road that you had to do to play football. And I, I mean, I, I was a weightlifter and I mean, I, I think one thing that keeps you young all your life, I still lift weights hmm. and that, um, you know, there's a whole theory about the stem cells that, that builds that you and I were talking about and it keeps you young, but, well, uh, let's let's go on there because I don't want to miss this because I I'm hoping that somebody hears that and and they're going to be like Steve. What does this have to do with e-commerce? Well, let's talk about stamina. Let's talk about longevity of life. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about being comfortable for God's sake. But guys were using steroids back when I was you know 18 or 19, and I could I, I would not use steroids to build out my bulk, but steroids were big even back then. So oh. you had an injury. I mean, you got with this car accident. I mean, you were really injured. And though recently you had stem cell surgery. I did. And I mean, you were describing it to me that you took away pain, 40 years of pain. I mean, this is, that's what blows me away. It's not like, you know, hey, once in a while it rains and, you know, I get a creak. You're describing it that for 40 years you've had pain. Yeah, I had a ripped ACL. I had my cartilage taken out of the inside of my knee and never had the ACL repaired. And um, osteoporosis had sent it, you know, arthritis, some type of bad arthritis had set into the leg also. And five years ago, they told me to replace the knee and I wouldn't listen because they told me I was done jogging. And it's like, I'm not going to stop jogging. I've jogged most of my life. And um, so I, I, you know, I worked with a doctor that we had, you know, I'm a uh, supporter of a charity for a Make-A-Wish of the Mercy Hospitals in Maine. And um, the doctor in charge of joint replacement, the hospital worked with me and kept me going for another five years. Until um, I just got stem cell surgery done in July, and that um, to say it was a success, a huge success, is an understatement. I mean, I did my first jogging today. I told you this morning, you know, it took me a few months, but I'm jogging and and um, no pain, none. I, I even took the wedge support out of my shoe. That's I incredible. I mean, just incredible to think about that for, you know, imagine what's coming next. That's what gets me excited. You know, even for us old dudes in our lifetime, that stuff is coming full force. And, you know, we can complain all we want to about the healthcare system, but it's incredible what they're doing. I mean, it's just incredible what they do. Well, speaking of the healthcare system, they wouldn't pay for this, my insurance. We have great insurance at WorthPoint, and they wouldn't put a penny towards it uh, because they called it experimental. And so... For me, I chalked up the $7,000 and did it myself, put it on my credit card. and um, well, You did get those points. I mean, there is yeah, that. You know. Exactly. <laughs> and, so, and I don't have to pay for it. You know, I floated it. I put it on the first day of the billing cycle. And then I just sold some more stuff on eBay. To pay mm. for it. And, but, 
you know, the doctor does do charity work on weekends, although he charges minimal for it. And he rocks. And that, um, you know, to say it, 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 it was a success is just a huge understatement. So here's the, here's the let's just stay on that stupid thing of uh, health care, because uh, here's a guy who's now much more mobile, out of pain, stopped taking pain medicine that they were paying for, gone, or whatever they, were, whatever yeah. they had to taken, right? That's gone. So now they're going to save money, small dollar amounts, I get it, but it's forever, like forever. And the thousand side effects, you know, that we all listen to those commercials where it talks about getting a third eye and you're going to have yep. another arm and this and that. They're all gone because you're not taking that medication. However, it's experimental, Will. We really can't do that. I mean, like, wait, we can fix the issue or we can keep giving you something as a Band-Aid over a giant open sore um, and pay forever, never heal. And they would have put, they would have paid for the joint replacement, which was $50,000 plus <laughs> therapy. Yeah, that math is good. Let's say we'll yeah, pay and, the 50, but not seven. No there chance. There's no therapy in this. There's no, ther I had no therapy. None. None. That's crazy. All right, I don't want to get my soapbox because it, that's the stuff that makes me crazy. You know, I mean, it's just like silly, you know. Anyway, okay, yep. so you're back 100%. But however, as a kid, you're not doing so hot. And you started buying and selling antiques. What was it? I mean, did you have a specialty? I mean, like some people, you know, you walk up and they just know that glass. Well, that's a, that's a French provincial glass, a glass, Steve. You know, and I'm looking at them like, huh? What are you talking about, right? But there are people that know that, or they know wood, or they know, you know, I can tell, you know. I'm like, it looks like a piece of wood. What was it that you were specializing in back then? Uh, I did furniture for the most part. Hmm. And, you know, there was money to be made, and God knows what we did to our bodies. You know, we <laughs> strip the furniture and refinish it, you know. And so you get out there with no gloves and this lie stripper. Oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, there's nothing, you know, there was no I laws. I the night when I went to nightclubs and I didn't know it, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you and a friend or you and a couple friends were like, hey, this still gave you the kind of bachelor life and yet um, you'd hit it hard on that? Yeah, you know, we're doing okay. And I do some other things. I was a bouncer once too for, and ran a nightclub in Georgetown. You're a big guy. Yeah, <laughs> so, you well, know. You know, how do you make money? And so we learned really quickly about flipping things. And that, um, you know, it, it always stayed in the back of my mind. And if I could have done what I wanted in college, I would have been an art or history major, but I couldn't figure out how to make money. Hmm. So I did accounting and economics and actually got a graduate degree in math. But, um, you know, it's, it's things, it, it's, it's funny how things you do when you're young set you up for when you're older. Absolutely. They lead so, you somewhere. Yeah. The yeah. exercise, the constant exercise I did as an athlete, you know, it's really useful and imperative as an adult. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, when I got my stem cells done, that I set a record for the amount of stem cells they took out of a person. Uh, they got over a billion and a half stem cells out of me. It's a record. You know, whether you're, you're 10 or whether you're 60. And the older you get, you get the less you have. Um, and they asked me why they thought, I thought, and I said, you know, and we talked about it. And despite all the anti-inflammatories I've taken through my life that are supposed to kill stem cells, here I'm sitting there at 60 with a record. And I, I attribute it to the weightlifting. Weightlifting builds stem cells. So you look at the things that you do through your life, and for me, as an athlete, I've always done that stuff. 
uh, buying and selling antiques, I got into it more. And WorthPoint and having a website that big is really about statistics. And that's what I ended up taking in my master's program that I never thought I would use. So all these things have led you to this point in your life, right? Not one. That car accident was critical because otherwise, you know, you'd be, uh, you'd have 50 concussions and you'd be, um, well, you'd be in jail. I mean, let's just call it. That's where they all end up and end up in jail, you know. Um, So you know, all those things have led you to this place. Now, along the way, you did you did graduate and you went and worked for some companies. Now, you, you've held some pretty, pretty good jobs in your life, um, but you walked away from it. Thinking back to walking away, A, how hard was it to walk away? Um, I mean, I know we all hit that point, that tipping point, as Malcolm Gladwell will say, right? You hit that point, but it's still your identity, right? How hard was that for you? In- in reality, not hard. I mean, the hard part was giving up the money. Um, you know, I don't know if you know, I have five kids, so. Um, That's cheap. <laughs> nice and cheap. They don't, they don't <laughs> ask for much. <laughs> We're still in college. But, um, you know, you had to give up the money. And, yeah, I saved some, but not a, not a fortune. I, not enough for five kids in college. No, no way. <laughs> we, we had a tech company. We were taken public in 2001. And um, the valuation was $2 billion, and we, we lost in bankruptcy with the, the crash. So oh. financially, that was a bad time for me. And uh, I went through 9-11 at the Trade Center. I was down on the ground when the second plane hit. And so you look at, um, you know, that was a low point. And you, you pick yourself up and say, that's not really who I am is that kid that grew up in Northern Virginia. Yeah, but it, most people don't pick themselves up, Will. They're yeah, right there, you know what I'm saying? Company, big, you know, company that everybody's heard about. You know, when Halliburton bought us uh, at Landmark Graphics, my new job was CEO of Brown & Root, the engineering company. And that uh, I walked out. I walked out before I, I'd take the job. And that you have to be grounded as to who you are and it's not that corporate identification, but you have to pay the bills. And that's what got me focused as a seller on eBay um, and reaching back and starting to buy and sell old stuff. The first thing I actually sold on eBay was a children's book. Hmm. And that um, I'm now up to, I think I'm approaching a million dollars of sales on eBay. No kidding. I mean, and, and do you still have that that excitement and in, in when something, you know, especially something very cool and somebody else sees the coolness of it and buys it, do you still get that? Yeah, you know, I, I do. I sold The first thing I sold this morning was a box of Sports Illustrated old ones that weren't worth selling individually and a couple coffee mugs. But the last thing I sold last night was a $1,000 jacket. Whoa. And so. What kind of know, jacket's a $1,000 jacket? Tell us, Will. Okay. Uh, do I, I got to go search Worth Point, aren't you? You're going to make me sign up. There. Damn, I, this is a scam. I, I knew you were scamming me. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you know, bait and switch. Here we go. People here are going to hate me, but it was a Kabbalah monkey coat. You know, um, so I don't say, ooh, I'm not going to sell that. You know, I, I love animals, but, you know, but the, the damn monkey's been dead for 80 years, and it was a 1930s, you know, Art Deco coat uh, from a Beverly Hills furrier. And, um, you know, it was in a lot. I bought out the state of Pearl Harbor um, from Pearl Harbor and the explosions and the clash. 
And, um, you know, she had a few furs, and I sold one last night to the guy in Sweden. So, $1,000. Do you only go for old stuff? I mean, just because you still enjoy it? I, I try to, I want my store to be an adventure. And so I'm 60, and I still remember when they had antique stores, and you'd go in there. And you find cool things. You never know what you find. You blow off the dust. You go up in the attic. And um, I have live inventory, 6,200 items on eBay. Whoa. And I have a 10,000-foot square, square foot warehouse full of stuff. Still to list. And Still to list. Yeah. But, Dude, we're kindred spirits. I, I like to do things where my stuff is different. And there's a 7,000 coffee mugs I bought out of a basement that were all different coffee mugs. Or, you know, I think the highest price item I have is about $20,000 in my store. The highest price item I've sold is 27. And that, you know, walking through my store is an experience and my buyers tell me that, you know, this is cool stuff you can't find anywhere else. Um, you know, I'm kind of the opposite model of of an Amazon because everything's unique and, and I'm not an arbitrager, but we can get into my new venture where I'm printing photographs and selling them. But, um, you know, I, I try to have really unique, cool, different stuff that people can get a good deal on. Do you still actively buy or are you just now going in, all right, let's just take a half a step into the warehouse because that's probably as far as you can get in. All right, let's take that load and let's try to do something with that. No, I still buy. Um, I bought. So you're hooked. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but I ten, things tend to come to me instead of having to go out and mm. look for them, mm-hmm. and that saves me a huge amount of time. Although, um, you know, if you want to go to a flea market with me, we do a different one in the country every month and have a contest on who buys the best stuff. But Wait, who you and who? Uh. Any WorthPoint users, anybody that wants to join me, I mean, we're doing uh, Orlando and Scotts Market in Atlanta next month. Uh, we're doing uh, Round Top in the spring, and we're in Colorado. Uh, we're going to go to Union, Maine, Brimfield. Uh, we travel the whole country uh, going shopping. And what does that do for you, that piece, that, that, that camaraderie, those like-minded, you know, I mean, they're customers, but I'm sure there's more than that now, especially if you're traveling with them. You you spend that much time with them, you eat a meal, you drink a beer with them, things change, right? That relationship changes. You know, and, you know, what people are saying, I'm one of them. I challenge anybody in this industry, um, and WorkPoint's a pretty sophisticated tech company to do what we do, um, but I challenge anybody to find another CEO in this industry and we now have 13,000 users. We're over 4 million revenue a year, I believe. But um, go find another CEO that does what their users do. Lives, uh, walks the walk. I, yeah, I know what my people need because you know what? I built WorthPoint as a tool to help me sell better on eBay. Well, let's talk about that because yeah. I think that's so important. Most, well, I don't want to say most, a lot of successful companies um, there, that was the thing. They fixed a problem. They went looking to solve a problem and they went to someone for a solution and there wasn't one. So they had to create one for themselves. Walk yep. us through where that came from for you. Well, I, Google actually used to be a better search engine than it is today. And, you know, when I got selling, uh, I believe you sell stuff you don't know anything about. So I, I'll sell anything if I can, you know, start learning about it. 
and that all because when you go to an estate sale or you go to a flea market, you can't say, I have to have this. This is the only thing I'm going to buy in the whole place. You know, it's the only thing I know. And you really limit yourself in buying. And so I needed prices on stuff. I needed to learn about stuff. You know, I joked with you, I didn't drop out of the womb knowing all this stuff. So I needed a research place. Google is cluttered. I mean, do an image search and you have to pull out Pinterest anymore because Pinterest kills their image search. Right. And so if I want to do an image search, I go to Pinterest and I don't go to Google anymore unless I do, you know, a Boolean search and take them out. So uh, I wanted to make it easier to find stuff or when I would s describe a Civil War button incorrectly. On and get into a debate with the police at eBay as to is this a Civil War button? And I wanted to list it correctly and I wanted to learn quicker and I needed stuff at my fingertips. So we started building WorthPoint and compiling data records. But if you go into WorthPoint now, it's way more than data. You can do research. It has marks, it has patterns, it has autographs, it has symbols, it has books. And we're connecting it all together on a common taxonomy. So you can do all your research in one place quickly and efficiently and pretty accurate <laughs> and it's the best place on the web to go to get one thing you know information on collectibles but the thing that gets me is and i don't understand this and maybe you can enlighten us and maybe it's it's at that corporate america again but why didn't ebay just do this themselves you know i mean why do they limit the amount of you know history that you're allowed to see when you look at completed listings or whatever i, I forget how long it is and i know it's changed a couple different ways yeah. But, I mean, why wouldn't they just do this themselves? Is that not the business they're in? Yet, I mean, you and I both well, know that content is everything, right? I mean, look today. I think I think Devin gets it, and we work closely with eBay. And Devin's the new CEO. Yeah. Uh, but it's a different business model. I mean, it's it's data. Data is a different business model than, than you know, a, a platform to sell. It's why Bloomberg built a platform for you know, the stock markets and heaven forbid they're different things and understanding data, especially data on unique items. It's no easy task and keeping the records is one thing. And, and that's one point of worth point. Yeah, we have records, but how you relate it into a taxonomy, you know, our users need to do two things. What is it and what's it worth? Right. And eBay has a lot of records on data. Um, but you have to understand that we're also geared to a market where stuff may come along once every 10 years, once every five years. It's not like keeping records on an I6S and what did it sell for uh, and what options did it have. It's, it's a different model. So the eBay's But are, are you taking every single record from eBay, though, and doing something with it, or are you excluding certain things? We have algorithms to exclude certain things. Okay, and so like Apple's cell phone cases – uh, is that something, you know, that you would check today? No, because it's not a collectible. Okay. So it's, it's, okay. There, there we go. So, so there are categories. That's your first place you slice it and then you slice it from there. Correct. And okay. there's things we'll exclude. There's algorithms we run to promote it and we're getting better and better and better at it. Well, let, let's talk about that. So, um, you get a record from eBay um, and, and we'll talk about all the other places because eBay is, I, I understand, the yeah. largest that you get from. But you get it from an enormous amount of places. Yeah, but imagine Heritage isn't going to give eBay their data, but they'll give us the data because we don't compete. Yeah, okay. Now, that makes sense, what you just described. That, that makes sense. So you're completely independent. They get the benefit, I'm assuming, because they want access to that data too. They don't have to manage it. They don't have to pay to get it managed. So it's win-win. 
Yeah, and God bless the people at eBay. I mean, there's a huge amount of trust in letting another company share right. this amount of data, and, and they're wonderful partners, and hopefully we put it in return. Yeah, I, I mean, think about it, right? They don't have to carry that on their balance sheet, so that's not a bad business model for yeah. them. Um, and it's, well, I mean, and 10 years proves. I mean, that's that's the, the proofs in the pudding, right? You know, it can work for, oh, yeah, we, everybody promises everything. It's what's been delivered. 10 years, right. that's, a, that's, a, that's a good history. Okay, so you get a record from somebody sells a uh, Seattle Starbucks mug. Somebody else, I just saw somebody in Jason uh, Smith's group sell one. So they sell this mug, and they're, or they get a mug, and they're like, hey, is this valuable? So they go into WorthPoint. Now, WorthPoint is free to sign up and go look. Um, yeah. And you'll be able to see, and you'll see a history. That, that cup would be on there, I'm certain. Yeah. And um, it would say it's sold, and I assume it's most recent. You could filter it a couple different ways, correct? Yeah, you can fill it, uh, filter it by most recent. You can do header-only searches. You can do everything search. Uh, you can filter it by price. You can do anything you want. And so that record's there. Now, if you want to see the price, you have to have a paid subscription to see that price, right? Um, which is a fascinating model, which is genius, by the way, because you, I mean, again, you, you let us in the candy store, and you said, hmm, take a look at this. Look at those um, milk duds, Steve. I know you don't like chocolate, but milk duds and Twizzlers, look at those babies. Oh, they're fresh, too. And mm. by the way, how many Starbucks mugs do you think we have on our site? Oh, uh, my bet is, uh, well, now, you have half a billion records, dude. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to say 100,000. It's over 100,000 because my pages stop at 1,000. Uh, all right, good. Come on, I'm getting better at this. <laughs> I can figure that out. Um, so you led me in the candy store. I'm looking at the candy. I'm salivating. And then it's like, okay, let's go home now. No, I want something. So it's a great system. It's a very um, – where did that idea come from to let people look but not touch? Well, that, that's an interesting question that WorthPoint used to be free. 100% free. Anything and, you wanted on the site free. And they got, you got paid by sponsors or advertisers that, is right. that how you made money? Okay. And I saw the handwriting on the wall, fortunately, having worked at – large companies and had to run them, you get to be pretty astute at some things. And the ad model was going to die. Hmm. And so we went to paid subscriptions about six or seven years ago, I think, and had to reprogram the whole site from Drupal into Grails, which is a Java toolkit. And we did it in about two months. And we tried this paid model with this type of stuff. And the first day, we sold probably around 50 subscriptions. Yeah, they hated your guts, right? They, you, you were, I got they, some real hate mail. Yeah, they wanted to kill you. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm used to free, but dude. But I sold my soul out. You know, you can find a lot of what's on WorthPoint on free. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but how long is it going to take you? And how long is it going to pull all that right. information together? And what's your time worth? And a lot of sellers lose sight of that. They're more focused on being cheap. I hate to say it. Um, you know, I used to have this one friend that was a seller up in Maine, and she refused to pay for her packing material. And she would even go to the dump and pull stuff out of the dump oh, to package in. And A, how long did it take her? And just B, the thought of it. You know, it's like well, the the TB thing would kind of throw me off. You know, hey, you you know, you got it for free, but yeah, there is it. You got to take these shots now for the rest of your life. But I mean, hey. <laughs> and so, you know, where your time and what's it worth to you just to go into a, a site and pull all this stuff together, you know, and be a smart seller, even if you're in the field with a cell phone, uh, you can do it. You know, we have apps for um, both iOS and, and uh, Android. 
and it's all included. So, so let's talk about why somebody would want to use WorthPoint because what you know what what most people are taught: hey, use eBay completed listings, the completed sold listings, right? And that'll give you data for I don't know how many how many months they keep now. It, it's not uniform, I don't think. Okay. Other secret recipe, but it, generally it's no longer than ninety days, and sometimes right. it's much shorter. And so you could say, well, that's the market price, Steve. Well, yeah, okay, it's Christmas. Uh, Christmas happens once a year, and so yep. ninety days isn't going to carry you back very far. So what happens, you know, where in Amazon's world it's Keepa, right? You know, one of those magic charts. Yep. Keepa is one of the tools that people use, and you can see, I think it's two years back, and so you can see over time, hey, there's a spike. Um, yep. There's a uh, I forget what Dwayne Malik used to have a good term for it. Uh, it was a it was this crown almost like, and so that would happen once a year. Well, you're not going to see that, and so you're going to miss out on those opportunities. Correct. Correct. And you know you also trending. Mm-hmm. Trending is huge if you're going to hold your merchandise. And well, I, well I, eBay's not a model where you buy and flip it quick. I mean, I guess there are people that do that. Um, but if you're building out, especially in the collectible world, I guess that's, I should qualify yeah. that. You know, if you're selling iPhone cases, you better sell it fast because guess what? There's a new one coming. If you don't know it, 10 is right. gone, 11 is coming. So um, by having the ability to trend, right, you can see that. Yeah, I've not bought things because, I mean, I, I stayed away from a house full of Weller pottery just looking at the trend of pricing over the last four or five years. I mean, A, I don't like to buy things that are bigger and break, but – um, it was like a lead anchor looking at pricing and stay away from it. You know, not only is it big and does it break, um, but the prices are going down. Yeah, and if you would have bought it, um, I mean, especially in the antique world, prices are declining, right? A, there's yep. people don't want it. People who used to buy it are dying, right? They're old. Yep. Um, and now you can get it. There's a, you know, that Weller Pottery, which was so, was that Ohio, I think, or something like that? Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can now get it everywhere, because yep. it's sold, I mean, people brought it everywhere. You just never knew that it was out in California because nobody. But guess what? They found it, and now they're selling it. So, by by seeing those trends, so so the reason that WorthPoint is valuable to people is what? What's your elevator pitch? It makes you way more efficient as a seller. It makes you money. Hmm. And it, you know, by the way, I, stuff that we sell doesn't come along every day either. Right. And there's this my my story about my turkey call. <laughs> that I, I, uh, you got to tell that. You're not going to just drop that and just move on from that. You got to explain hey, that. Yeah, you know, turkey. You call a male turkey and say, "Hey, big boy, turkey, turkey." <laughs> and um, are we talking Jason T. Smith again? Oh, yeah. boom! Oh, I couldn't resist. All right, good. sorry, Jay. So we, we got this. Uh, I got a chance to buy out, fill my car in an estate for ten thousand dollars, and hmm. I picked that place hard. It had outbuildings. Wait, 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 wait. That was the deal. Look. Yeah. You see my car. It's that big. Yeah. And I had a bigger uh, want, car back then. I want to buy a bunch of stuff. Let me fi- it's like the, uh, you know, a book, uh, was it a, uh, at a book sale, the fill a bag? I'm going to fill a car. It's a fill a car day. Fill it's only 10,000. 10, 10 grand. The guy's there hitting his second six pack in the morning with a third pack of cigarettes and his girlfriend. And his dad had died. This was his dad's estate. And so, um, I and he was going to handle the sale himself. He didn't get an outside company. No, and I was not the first picker through there by any stretch. Uh, I would say I was probably near number 10. Hmm. So I picked that place and got some great finds. One still in here. It's a, um, Easter Island, seven inch carved volcanic stone figure antique. 
Uh, and he's probably worth what I paid for the whole carload. So I got home. Imagine this stuff is full of dirt, black. I'm black. Um, I get home, and I'm going to put the stuff in my foyer. Now, you're, you're married at this point. Yes. And how's that conversation go? Honey? Not very well. Yeah. First off, I filled the car. That's always popular because I'm, you know, as you described, you have 11,000 square feet full already. And so I yes. brought it. Uh, I found the deal. <laughs> and the, and, the, she could see it in your eyes, right? Yeah. So I unload the stuff in our foyer and it's not clean. And I picked up this object on top, which I grabbed at the last minute going out of the house because it wasn't very big. It was on the mantle. It was carved nicely. And she says, what is that? I said, it's a turkey call. Because I picked it up and looked on the bottom. Okay, I was going to say, how did you know that it was a turkey? Okay, so you read it. It's like a cartoon. You know, I didn't know what it was. I pick it up on the bottom and it says Gibson Turkey Call. And she says, great, what are you going to do with that? I looked it up on WorthPoint. We had one. You try to find a price anywhere else on the internet, you can't. How long ago did that item sell? Five years prior to that. No kidding. So, so let's and we just, actually let's, have information on eBay going back fifteen years. So, so five years ago. So there, like you said, there's no information. So you would have sold it at one that was equivalent as much as you can see today, right? And today yep. you can buy turkey calls for you know I think three dollars from China, um, all the way up to you know probably a good one's probably a hundred or two hundred dollars, right? And so. Mm -hmm. It's a two hundred dollar item, right? Well, it's old, so maybe you can get a little bit more from it. So it's it's worth about two hundred bucks, right? No, I found it on WorthPoint at twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> Did you have the nerve to price it at twelve grand? I started a ninety nine cent auction. Oh my god! And how do you how do you get? I mean, the next wait, morning, pause I pause had, a second because you got to get me here. Uh -huh. How do how do these nutcases that want a twelve thousand dollar turkey call? know that there's one up there are they saving ser these searches for it or did you go to the turkey circle and you know whatever they're 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 communicating groups and, and put it out there well, or is it just hunters are competitive and <laughs> so you have to understand they're a voracious group of people and that um they're very competitive with their collections and it happens that mr gibson patented the box call. So he invented the box call. Hmm. So this was one he had made himself. Oh, wow. And there's about a dozen known out there, if that many. And I guess these guys saved their searches. I mean, the next morning, it was up to $10,000. Are you kidding? And I had a email from a car dealer in Tennessee offering to send his chauffeur down with a bag of small unmarked bills <laughs> if you take it down, oh, I lost it. I am not kidding you in the story. And he offered to bring me $15,000 in cash if I would stop the sale. Are you kidding? And, and you said you didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I can tell you for me, struggling as a startup exec, $15,000 is a ton of money. You know, and a guy that's quit his company, quit his paycheck and everything. So I... um. Decided to roll the dice and go, and I went out to speak in Lynn Drawley's uh, convention that weekend, and it was the day the sale ended. And we started her her uh, speech. I was the first speaker that morning. We started with pictures of Bloody Marys, 
<laughs> for those who wanted them. And nice. um, they recorded, Lynn has a recording of the end of the sale. Because uh, I was on a plane coming back from Las Vegas at that point. But it went for $27,000. Oh, my goodness. Now, tell me what a worth point subscription is worth. Yeah. Uh, you just bought it for the next, uh, for 500 friends for 20 years. Um, did you get paid? I did. The guy was the founder of Bayliner Boats. No kidding. Yeah. And so you got paid. Uh, eBay was paid doing the happy paid. dance. Yeah. eBay was happy. I was happy. And, um, you know, but I couldn't have known that without WorthPoint. How many stories do you get like that? I mean, I know they're not the $27,000 sort, but it's still the, you know, I would have just put this up for 20 bucks and boom, it sold for 300 yep. because I would have never known. Yep. And a lot, a lot. And there, people don't realize, and something I, I did as a picker from having come up in this business, all the good stuff is really in people's houses. It's just the tip of the icebergs that you see at the big auction galleries. Right. And right. you, a lot of stuff you never see. All of a sudden, they find one magically. Well, it wasn't like somebody went back there and made it. It's been sitting there forever. Yeah, and you know, and um, we want to talk a little bit about the picture business, but you know, before we end up here. But mm -hmm. I post some of my raw pictures up on on um, Facebook, and it's just the tip of my iceberg. We have about ten thousand negatives that I'm going to be putting up on my site, and, and I'm still buying more. But um, the most fascinating picture I put up there for people was a picture of people picking the dump in yeah. 1900. I saw that. And people still fantasize about that, that that needle in the haystack is still out there. I was on NBC News in Denver, and a lady texts me or emails me about a picture she pulled out of the trash in Boulder, and it was a Taki or Takenorio Geese Impressionist painting. She pulled it out of the trash and had it in her closet for years and uh, we identified it for her immediately. It was a hundred thousand dollar painting. She's, we helped her sell at Sotheby's. Um, they're out there. They're out there every day. So the value of having this tool, as you said, is that it gives you that, it gives you that really a good competitive edge because you, you kind of go with a little more confidence. Hey, if this is historically sold for, you know, 300 bucks, 300 bucks, 300 bucks, you could reasonably expect to try to get 300 bucks. Now, maybe that was that one buyer that wouldn't, you know, is done. He got the one thing that he was looking for. But it's a lot more powerful to know that that's the potential. Maybe that's the right way to say it, that yeah. it has the potential to get to that level. Yeah, I mean, I was just, a good example of something I was researching was a movie insert, which is a 14 by, I think, 36 poster from the Mole People, which is a 50 sci-fi movie. Oh, cool. And WorthPoint combines heritage, e-movie posters, and eBay results. Three biggest poster markets in the world, I think. And you have it right there at your fingertips. So I could get the prices from the three sources. And there's a huge, you know, sci-fi, well, e-movie poster, I think, has been down for quite a bit, except for the real early stuff. But a lot of volatility in the pricing of that. It doesn't come by that often, that insert. Uh, but it's somewhere between two to $800. Uh, if you look at the last Whoa. two years. And so I, I priced it at five. And I priced, you know, I had my pricing done in two minutes. I uh, copied part of the header and description, changed it for my poster, and I was done with the listing in five minutes. 
And that's the other thing that, that really is important to know is that a lot of the research is done for you. A lot of the wording that has worked, right? We always talk about on Amazon yeah. keywords, right? Well, this sold. <laughs> that's a pretty good predictor of uh, future performance, past performance, right? Exactly. So the fact that it's sold is a big deal. Right? I had an Versus offer right away for 200 but I, haven't, I didn't take it. I mean, I had it within an hour. And I want, you know, three to $400 for that poster. And I think that's a fair price. And I have my comps done. Well, and I, I because I, I do want to get to the picture uh, thing because it sounds cool. I mean, it's very cool. So let's just uh, let's close out with this. It's half a billion. You're approaching half a billion images, uh, sold items. It comes from how many sources are you up to now? Uh, there's hundreds. Um, I, I mean, know. auction houses, like real auctions. Yeah. Sold. And we even have um, uh, the buy it now prices now for eBay. Oh, that's huge because people don't know what yeah, right? They or make offer, right? You never know what it is, right? Right. And so you can actually tell that, oh, that's big. How many, uh, and you alluded to this before with the Weller, but how many items do you not buy with having this knowledge? It's not the stuff that you buy. A lot of it is the stuff you don't buy. Knowing not to buy something is very powerful. I turned down a, um, I just bought a movie poster collection out of an estate and I turned down the autograph collection based on that knowledge and using that and WorthPoint has some experts you can draw on for help. We have um, global authentications who eBay accepts their authentications for uh, autographs and Steve Sipe over there worked with me a little bit and with utilizing him, which any of our customers can, um, I figured out two important signatures were not right. And looking at pricing, I, I turned down the collection, and that was a, that was a significant amount of money. Mm, love it. Okay. All right, we're going to talk about that because he's given us a discount, people, if we want it. And Steve doesn't benefit other than getting the discount, and so that's a big deal. <laughs> okay, so let's talk because you're bored, right? You don't have enough to do. you got free time, apparently. You decide, hey, I've got another idea I want to do. And is, is this a passion for you? I mean, when you think back— you know, why would you, I mean, because WorthPoint has become a passion. I mean, there's no doubt mm -hmm. about it. You can't get this big with this much information, you know, seven employees, I mean, doing millions of dollars a year without being passionate. The photography side, what is it that, that keeps that spark and, and as well as making it now take and get some legs? Well, I'm, I'm amazed with the lushness of black and white photography. So, you know, it's a perversion, it's a lust, it's a whatever. And... I've always liked, and if you, you follow data, which I've been in data for a lot of years, if you look at stereo music, it's better than MP3. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids won't tell you that, but it's much higher quality people going back to disc. Um, the same is true in photography. If you look at the old photography, it's much denser in its image than modern pixels. And what you can do with black and white photography is amazing. And so I looked at my career <laughs> picking out of garages and warehouses and places unmentionable uh, negatives. People would generally throw negatives away. They didn't want the negatives. And so uh, especially those old glass ones, you know, when they used to print off a of glass. Hmm. So I would start saving and I had a, a whole storage place full of old glass negatives. And some with no plan. No plan, except one day I wanted to reprint them, figuring the technology would be here to do something with them. And, you know, I've been in the computer data business, and 
hardware since 1983. <laughs> so I see the 40% improvement you have to have a year in your performance of your hardware to just keep your price the same. So every year in the hardware business, in technology, you have to have a 40% improvement. It's called Moore's Law. And so I knew that one day, and this is why WorthPoint started saving images early, because storage would get cheap. And I knew that the technology would come along so at your home, you could put the stuff into print. So lo and behold, 100,000 negatives later, World War II stuff, you know, all the way back to the end of the Civil War, I've saved these negatives, uh, which modern photography and negatives became big in the 1870s. So um, I just got lots of these things and really only saved the best stuff. And in the back of my mind, the flaw in the whole business model for us antique sellers is we have to sell things one at a time. We can't go by a SKU like you do on Amazon. And so you have to do individual listings. And I'm quick as I can be. We joke about my fingers in my photographs. I don't stage them. And that um, I wanted stuff, too, that I could just say, hey, I can just replicate. And it's like, you know, printing money. So we started figuring out how to digitize these images, these negatives, work the copyright issues and get them cleaned and get them on the market. And we're about to launch my new company called HIP, History and Photographs. We've solved all those technology and problems, even though it takes us two to three hours to do one picture. And the images will just blow your mind. I'll send you a, a uh, printer's proof. I'll get your address Please. later. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I can print these things up to wallpaper size and keep the clarity. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you, because it, it brings up so many questions, but I just want to get the first one. So how do you get around the copyright issues? And I assume that older ones are different than newer ones, right? Logically. Generally, yes. Um, having WorthPoint's a, a printer, you know, we're, mm -hmm. uh, we're essentially a, a media company. Um, you learn a lot about copyright law and it's pretty technical. So the old stuff is in the public domain anyway, just right. by definition of time. Some of the artists um, have registered their copy marks and their material, so they, and it may have been renewed. So when you know things are by particular artist, you better do your homework and find out if their stuff is copyrighted. Uh, for example, I uh, bought some negatives uh, about uh, one famous Western artist and he never copyrighted his work, and it was done before the the dates. You know, I think it's 1923 or something now. So none of his stuff is copyrighted. Now, one of his peers may have copyrighted along the way, and their stuff may be. So you have to go do your homework, and, and uh, if it's significant, you better know who it's by and do your copyright work. If I show, um, you know, um, it's Will and his family at Disney World, and there in the back is the ears and, you know, whatever, does that am I allowed to reproduce that image? And it's your family standing in front of Mickey Mouse land and, you know, it's uh, welcome to Walt Disney world. Am I allowed to print and sell that? The answer on that one, I don't honestly know okay. because I'm not using photos that okay. germane. Uh, I, I, I think you could sell the photos, but I just don't know commercially whether you can sell them uh, to be reproduced. I think well, that's where the issue well, is. The, the whole thing, I mean, we're looking at, for example, an estate sale and I'm selling some stuff for the, from the 100th Battalion, which is the only Japanese-American unit in World War II. They were for part, I think it's the 
442nd Regiment. Um, they were the guys that are famous. Uh, they had their guns taken away after Pearl Harbor, and there's one guy that particular that I have that was a photographer in his slides. Um, that he, um, you know, just probably a thousand beautiful photographs. They're on Kodachrome mostly. And in his case, the family sold the entire estate. They sold the negatives, they sold the positives, they sold everything. And I would sit there and debate under the Copyright Act that when they sold the negatives and they sold the estate, they intended to sell everything. Hmm. And otherwise, why do you have the negatives? It's not like taking somebody's positive and making a copy out of it. Right. And I have a, you know, we have our own lawyers at, at HIP, and they've written opinions agreeing. Okay. That makes and sense. So, so it's it's not like taking the pictures. The negatives uh, we view as a whole different issue. Okay. All right. And so uh, I guess the lesson here is you really do the research and do your homework on it. Correct. So what's your goal with this? So now you've got 100,000 images. You're going to digitize them. You're going to put them in some kind of sortable feature, right? You're going to be able to, I can sort and say, hey, I want to see war scenes from Hawaii, Pearl Harbor, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. And what can I do with that? First off, I'm not going to be able to just pull it up and snip it, right? I'm sure there's a watermark no. or something in there, right? You know. and we now have copyrights because by cleaning everything up and improving it, that's oh. and we own the copyright. Right. And so you're now uh, with the company the that's – yeah, there's a famous company that comes after everybody for images. What's their name? Um, uh, Getty Images, yep. right? Very yep. similar concept. Okay, so what can you, can I come in, and I'm sure it's not free, right? It's a service. What can I do um, with this? We sell images or we will license the images. Okay, so I can I get a shirt? Can I get a coffee mug? Can uh, I get a wall art? Initially, we're doing uh, very high-end pictures in limited editions. So I, I've actually had my first revenue. Oh, wait, so limited edition, like a print. So just like an artist would do a print, right. they would say one of 100, two of 100, three of 100, right? Exactly. That's the kind of thing? Yep. Oh, cool. And that um, they the sizes of the pictures range from a 5 by 7 to 4 feet by 4 feet. Wow. And then do you frame them? I mean, do you have the ability to do that or use a third party for we that do, kind of stuff? What we sell on eBay will not be framed, so we're going to take our brand and use eBay as a platform. And on our website, you will be able to have framing, custom framing, even bigger images if you want. Uh, and we will also get into selling product with the image on it from coffee mugs to shower curtains to wallpaper. So, you know, thinking about this, I mean, A, it's genius. Um, it's really, I mean, you've really, again, taken a lost art, right? These images are right. gone. And you brought them to the masses. And so, you know, you really get a chance um, pretty inexpensively to get one of these things done. Hmm, love it. And, you know, you know, you talk about the springboard in your network. Uh, an auctioneer in Massachusetts, Auction Wally, I don't know if you know Walt Kalenda, uh, but Walt had an auction he was doing in Gloucester, and it was in the dead of winter, and he had a huge amount of negatives there. And the guy who had put the, the collection together, Fred Bowden, was famous for his collection. And Walt called me afraid to do the auction in the dead of the winter in Gloucester with snow, problems with the roads and everything. And he finally talked me into coming. After about 20 phone calls, I went up and looked at his collection, and I was blown away. 
And I beat out the Smithsonian and the KPN Museum to get those things. And, oh, Are you kidding? The Peabody Museum. And I just went in there and I made them an offer for everything and said, you got two weeks, Walt. And that includes any copyrights. And the museums and their uh, timidness said, well, can we match him? And he says, well, you can, but you're not going to win because he has a chance and he has that price. You have to raise him. And two weeks later, I, I had a truck full of slides in the history of Gloucester sent down to Atlanta. No kidding. And so now you're going through and, and pay, you know, let me think of the out, uh, a lot of out-of-pocket cost to get these converted and, as you say, digitized. You said it's a couple hours per image? Correct. And it's obviously getting faster. I'm assuming you found touch points you could reduce and stuff like that. But it's still a couple hours per slide. And you can't, you know? use, you can't use the screening and stuff and all, a lot of this techniques because you lose the detail. So it has to be done by hand. Wow. Well, you know what? Uh, well, look, you've nothing, seen them. They're beautiful. Yeah. Oh, they're unbelievable. Yeah, but the story, to me, like that, that dump story, my mind immediately went to, can you imagine how cool, the stuff that would have been thrown out, right? Because nothing got recycled, nothing got, it was just getting buried. And can you imagine the stuff that people had to get rid of today? What would be in that dump? Um, you know, I, oh, I see an American Pickers show, you know, when they find that stuff, they're like, how does this exist? <laughs> Yeah, and to think that the towns don't let us pick through the dumps anymore, you know? Yeah, it's a mistake. You know, I mean, when you think about, again, we're back to healthcare kind of thing, right? Yep. It's like, well, you know, well, it's a safety issue there. Well, yeah. Um, let me sign a waiver. I'll sign a waiver. <laughs> and think about what would have been lost if these pictures hadn't been saved. And right. the significant things about the ones in Gloucester is they were taken by women. And women did not do photography back then. Uh, mm -hmm. But these were uh, ladies that lived in Gloucester. Their husband were famous painters. And they needed something to do. And so they started photography as a career in a club. And so a lot of what's really significant in this collection, too, they're by women. When you think about where you've come from, right, and you've had this corporate career, you've obviously done some corporatizing to this business. Otherwise, WorthPoint wouldn't be successful. Uh, your approach here in taking on the photography, the hip, the history and photograph business um, as opposed to going and buying end caps at Target and those kind of things, do you do you recommend for people to get to dip their toe? I guess that's what I'm, I'm just trying to you know. I mean, you got the bug and you've obviously got a passion for it. Um, I'm assuming your employees do too. Is there a way for somebody to dip their toe into these worlds to start getting a taste of what it can be? Uh, absolutely, and you know, I I think there's a closet entrepreneur is what I call it in a lot of us. And my, my issue with a lot of these big companies is they don't let entrepreneurship go, you know, mm -hmm. come out in their employees. We did at landmark and other companies I ran or help run. And that, you know, people are just striving to do these creative things. It's kind of a bug in Americans, a gene pool. So in my mind, you try something, you get out there, you focus on it as a business. You keep track of your time and money that you put in and think of it as a business and that um, you try something. And then if that works, expand. If it doesn't, learn and, and rejigger it. You know, when you go fishing, you don't try one bait and quit. Right. Um, that it takes time and experiments. And we did not do everything right here. Trust me. Um, and I joke and say every rat is smarter through the maze a second time. Um, but... 
you have to try it and rejigger it and learn and you have to keep changing. We talked about that earlier. I mean, the world's changing quickly. You got to change with it. And it's changing lightning fast. You know, I mean, I just faster and faster. It, it worth point, you know, we keep changing with the world, but it's seven employees with creative people. You can. So what's next? Uh, you know, I want to, I want to close with what's next. I mean, we're going to have links for all this stuff. So worth point, uh, there's a discount you can get. Yeah. I got photograph. Code here, by the way, for you. Oh yeah. Hit me with the code. WS 15 ATL ATL all caps. All caps. We'll get you 15% off. All caps. And that's 15% off one time, 15% off. Forever. Is it a... Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Forever? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I like ever. I, I like that length of time. Okay. Well, you're not going to tell anybody. It'll be just between you and I. Yeah. <laughs> so let me do this again. WS15. ATL. ATL, all in caps. And I'm going to have a link there. And, you know, uh, and then I'm going to... If, if you could send me an image or two for people to see, just because it is so cool. And then I'll link into your Facebook right. because it is just so cool for people to sit back and think about. Um, now, let me ask you this. I come along this stuff. If I find all these glass uh, uh, images, is that something that they could reach out to you or reach out through Facebook or whatever? Is that something that you would consider? Absolutely. I buy and we're also going to have a licensing agreement if we can't agree to a price where you get a very nice, because I, I thought it was a pittance what they give at Smug Mug, which is one thing that pissed me off enough to start my own company. Uh, but we will have a very generous licensing agreement if we agree to use your images or you can sell them to me. That's awesome. Okay. And we also will restore images for people, so we'll have services. And that's an art. I mean, again, yes. we're bound to this is an art. I mean, this at this point when you're at this degree, what what are you hoping? I mean, what would be nirvana for you? That somebody, I mean, is it a family thing? You know, my great uncle died, and we never knew, and we you found it, the missing photo. I, I for here's my stupid example. Michael Jordan plates, right? Do you ever see the plates where he's got his arms extended? I think there's like five plates. It's his image and his arms go out and they're each as a plate that goes out. And it's like oh, five wow. plates or whatever. It's really cool, right? And it's really graphical. Uh -huh. um, when I sold it, the lady wrote to me and she said, oh my God, my son lost his in the fire. I'm like, wow, that, that's cool, right? Yep. I mean, this guy, I mean, she was able to bring something back. I'm sure this is a, you know, a... a for him, if he's a yeah. lover, Michael, and it's spiritual, right? What do you? What would be the thing that would say, I did well? I just like selling people stuff that makes them happy, you know. And this is, if you keep in mind, we're in this because I gave up my grind world of the corporate world uh, for a lot of different reasons, and I want stuff to make me happy. And I'm more concerned about, you know, transactions. And I, I've sold myself a lot to museums, uh, things that make people happy and make people whole. And to me, that makes my day to sit there and bicker about, you know, somebody. And I've only had a few bad experiences on eBay with selling tens of thousands of things. You know, it's like life is too short. Yeah. And so when you do transactions, if I sell an image, to somebody that makes them happy and it's an emotional experience, that's a good day. Hmm. Who would have thunk getting hit in the head with a football would lead you here? 
I mean, who would have thunk that, right? It, otherwise, it's jail. I mean, it's one or the other. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just such a cool story. Man, oh, man. Well, um, best way to get in touch with you. So I'm going to have WorthPoint uh, links here. I'm going to have history and photograph links here. Best way if somebody has a follow-up question, wants more information, what's the best way? Will at WorthPoint.com. That's a tough one. Will at <laughs> WorthPoint. <laughs> Only question, there's two L's in Will. Sometimes people say, is there one L? Well, no, there's two. Okay. And again, WorthPoint is free to go look at. And you just got to go look at the stuff. And you'll be like, somebody bought that? Yes, yep. they did. <laughs> and will they buy it again? Mm, probably. Now you need to know what it's worth. And you can save 15% forever. I like yep. the forever. I mean, that's not like a gray area. It's forever. Um, and uh, that's just awesome. So, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate your patience with my technical difficulty. Um, amazing story and just a, what a great job. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Amazing interview. An amazing guy. Uh, what a history. I mean, just an amazing history. And to be so accomplished and to think that it might not have happened. Um we do talk about how things, one thing leads to another, and it's such, I think Will's a great example, thinking about his earlier career, and, and I told you I had a little bit of uh, technical difficulty and, and some recording, and one of the stories he told, and I didn't get it in the second time we recorded, was about selling golf balls. Lived across the street from a golf course, collected the golf balls, sold them back to the people. Arbitrage, right? Simple arbitrage. Low cost of good, other than labor, and they got to wait in ponds and all that kind of jazz, but that led him to that mindset, right? That mindset of, hey, I put some effort, I get a reward, right? So think back to that when you're looking at your business. Think back to all the different things that you have done. You can bring that to this business. You know, if you've been a homemaker, I respect that. That is means you can manage 8 million things that I couldn't possibly manage at one time. And guess what? That's a skill set that you need in this business. You can hire the rest. You can always outsource the part that you don't want to do because it's not interesting to you. And I think Will's a great example of that. I mean, just amazing what he's accomplished. And he's accomplished it again uh, with WorthPoint and now with this new business. Just a great stuff. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. The sponsors that, you know, I hope you don't take them for granted because I don't. Um, Seller Labs, just amazing group, amazing stuff that they're doing, you know, and just really cutting edge. And they're so supportive of what I do. And I, I can't say how much I appreciate it. But Scope is is the tool that I use. I use, it's very similar, right? You're able to do research, kind of similar to the worth point model, right? I'm able to do research on what keywords work. And then I'm able to put them in to my listings, including my wholesale listings, and improve them. That's the smart move for it. And you can save 50 bucks by going to uh, sellerlabs.com, scope, forward slash scope, and then use the code MOMENTUM. Use that code and, and save that money. And I, I just... I thank them, Jeff and the team, and Brandon, just amazing group and what they're doing. And man, they're just so supportive of what I do. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at EcommerceMomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.